0: Meet Brian Morris. Brian was a 54-year-old from the small town of Clarendon Hills, Illinois, when he won $125 million playing the Powerball lottery. His friends and family asked what he would do with his freshly gained fortune. Would he continue to work? Would he retire and collect a pension? Would he just quit and walk away? He told them, watch the news and see. Within a few days, they watched the news and saw their wealthy friend posing for his mugshot. He was accused of dumping over $200,000 of manure on his ex-boss's lawn. I suppose his actions answered their questions. But this story reeks of more than just fertilizer. It reeks of fake news because it is fake news. But over 2 million people viewed it on Facebook and nearly 300,000 shared it. The grinning mugshot photo was real, but it was from a DUI years earlier. Before fake news was a worldwide pest, false prophecy caused people to scratch their heads and shrug their shoulders. Could people believe the prophetic claims of mortal men who claimed to know the future? Was prophecy really true? All through the Old Testament and even the New, God spoke to His people through His prophets. Many men stood in front of many crowds with a word from God for them, but many men also stood before the same crowds with a word from themselves for others. It is sometimes difficult to know when a prophecy is from God or just from man, but God's Word will always confirm or deny prophecy. Do not let fake news or false prophets tarnish this shining gift from God to His church. God still speaks. We must still listen. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. And good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. I am your host, L.J. Harry, and you're listening to the God's Word for Life Companion Podcast which means there is a student guide to go along with this podcast episode. And if you have your student guide, go ahead and turn to Sunday, August 29th, 2021. If you don't have a student guide, you can purchase one at PentecostalPublishing.com and you can follow along in this companion podcast as we continue to walk through God's Word for life. This lesson, as I mentioned, is dated August 29, 2021, and it is entitled The Prophet and Prophecy. And we're going to be looking at three Old Testament books, all of them in the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. And the first one is going to be Exodus chapter 7, verse 1. If you would turn in your student guide or in your Bible to Exodus chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of his land. Now skipping Leviticus. You're welcome. Going into Numbers, Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. And he said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you. I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and he will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him I will speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And now to Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brother, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Oreb, in the day of thy assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet. From among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. So those are the ground rules God laid out for prophet and prophecy. Over the years, people have done their best to predict the future. In December of 1901, the Ladies Home Journal published an article entitled, What May Happen in the Next Hundred Years? The author of the article, John Elfrith Watkins, Jr., he did not consult psychics. Instead, he interviewed respected scientists and university professors. And some of their predictions had a measure of accuracy. Others were laughably off-base. One was Nicaragua and Mexico would both join the United States before 2001. Haven't checked that box. Another was there would be no C, X, or Q in the English alphabet. But they're still there. Thirdly, Russian would be the second most spoken language in the world. It's eighth place right now, so it has a little catching up to do. Another, there would be no animals except in zoos. Sorry. Rats and mice would be exterminated. Also sorry. Strawberries, raspberries, and blackberries would be as big as apples. Nah, not quite. Not in the fruit business, (laughs) and not in the electronics business. Sorry, blackberry. The truth is, only God knows what tomorrow holds. Sometimes he tells people what will happen so they can inform others. And when he does, we call those people prophets. The first mention of a prophet in Scripture appears in Genesis chapter 20, verse 7. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. When Abraham said his wife, Sarah, was his sister, Abimelech took her. But in a dream, God warned Abimelech of his impending death if he did not return Sarah safely to Abraham. The word prophet, like all words, is defined by its context. And here, the only context clue we have to its meaning is that prophets pray and their prayers are answered. But we see more in Exodus 7. In response to his reluctance to speak to Pharaoh, God told Moses, I've made you a God to Pharaoh and Aaron, your brother, your prophet. You speak all that I command you and Aaron, your brother, will speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of his land. This summarizes God's previous words to Moses concerning Aaron's leadership among the Israelites. These texts identify a prophet as a spokesperson. We will see throughout Scripture a true prophet is a spokesperson for God, and prophets may be men or women, but their words are known as prophecies. Sometimes prophecies may be delivered not as words, but as actions or some other form of visualization or an illustration. Can you think of any women in Scripture who are identified as prophetesses? They're in there. When Aaron and Miriam, Moses' brother and sister respectively, criticized him for his marriage, God told both of them, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so. He's faithful in all my house. I will speak to him mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. Aaron was a spokesperson for Moses, but Moses was a spokesperson for God. Even though he did not think himself qualified to speak to Pharaoh on behalf of God, Moses still spoke God's word to Aaron, and then he passed that message on to Pharaoh, which means Moses was, after all, a prophet. But he was not only a prophet. It was common for God to speak to prophets in dreams and visions, but God spoke to Moses face-to-face, plainly, and not in dark sayings. Moses did not merely have visions and dreams. He saw the similitude of God or the form of God. We know Moses saw the glory of God. We know Moses did not physically see God with his natural eyes. He couldn't. But when Moses asked to see the glory of God, the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for no man shall see me and live. But behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in a cleft on the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. And we know God is spirit, and as such he is invisible to the natural eye. Moses would not be able to look directly at God with his eyes. The the glory of God, however, would pass by while Moses hid in the cleft, a split in the rock while God's hand covered him. But What Moses did see was truly awesome, but it was only the back parts of God. We might say it like this. Moses saw the afterglow of where God's goodness had passed by. The word translated glory refers to some kind of weight and abundant splendor. No one who glimpsed the glory of God with their natural eye could live. He's just too awesome and glorious. So how does one become a prophet? Well, being a prophet is not something we presume upon. We must be called by God. The Lord told Elijah that Elisha, the son of Shaphat, he would anoint to be prophet in his stead. In a vision, God spoke to Isaiah and asked the question, Whom shall I send? And Isaiah answered and raised his hand and said, Here am I, send me. And the Lord said, Go and tell you these people, hear you indeed, but understand not, and see you indeed, but perceive not. Amos said, I was no prophet. I wasn't even a prophet's son. I was just a herdman, and I gathered sycamore fruit for a living. But the Lord took me as I followed the flock and said, Go prophesy. We could continue to read about these prophets and how God called them, but every one of them who was called by God was called by God. In the New Testament, prophets are among the gifts God gives to the church for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. We read that in Ephesians chapter 4. Where Paul lists them twice, once in Ephesians 4, once in First Corinthians 12. In Ephesians, prophets are listed just after apostles and just before evangelists. In 1 Corinthians, they're found right after apostles and just before teachers. Mentioned a little bit ago that there are women prophets who are certainly seen in the Old Testament. Here are some, Miriam, Deborah, Huldah, Noadiah, and Isaiah's wife. Women prophets are also found in the New Testament, and we certainly know that young men and women will both prophesy, as recorded in Acts chapter 2. Prophecy is indeed a gift from God for his church. Now, as you look at the gifts God gives in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, which one do you think you have been given? There are so many gifts God has given his church, but what about the specific gift or gifts God has given you? It should be no surprise to find false prophets mentioned in Scripture where there's always the real, there's always seeming the counterfeit. And the tendency of false prophets is to tell people what they want to hear. In the days of Jeremiah, when the Babylonian invasion was pending, some who claimed to speak for God assured the people, don't worry, there will be peace, no famine, don't listen to Jeremiah. But the Lord told Jeremiah, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spoke unto them. But they prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, a thing of naught and the deceit of the heart. Jesus himself warned against false prophets and explained we would know them by their fruit. He said many false prophets would be able by great signs and wonders to deceive possibly even the very elect. But one way to detect falsehood from truth is to compare what's taught to the scripture. Peter pointed out that false teachers like false prophets of old, quote, bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. And bring upon themselves swift destruction. End quote. That's 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. These false prophets and false teachers are characterized by covetousness, and they make merchandise of those who follow them. They're in it for the money, not the ministry. And John explained in 1 John chapter 4 that spirits are behind false teaching. Now, in addition to Scripture itself, the gift of discerning of spirits is helpful in detecting false prophecy and false teaching. This gift can aid in determining whether the Holy Spirit, a human spirit, or an evil spirit is the source of a prophecy or teaching. Although prophets have the liberty to speak in the church after two or three have spoken, others should evaluate what has been said. Those are the ground rules we read in 1 Corinthians 14 in order for this gift to bless the church, not confuse it. It is always possible, even with the gift of prophecy, for people to go beyond what God is leading them to say. And for this reason, Paul wrote that those who prophesy should, quote, prophesy according to the proportion of faith, end quote. This is apparently a reference to the faith God has given them to exercise that gift. Now think back. Have you ever heard a prophecy that was in opposition to biblical truth? If so, what did you think about that? Now The prophets who ministered in the Old Testament reminded those to whom they spoke of the warnings God gave Israel of the consequences for disobedience to the law of God that he gave to Moses. They also addressed events current in their time of ministry. They also prophesied of future events. So in this sense, the prophet spoke of the past, the present, and the future. If you remember Amos, he pointed back to the law of Moses as evidence that Israel was being disobedient. Nathan responded with immediate approval of David's plan to build the temple, but God corrected him, and Nathan went back to the king and said, I'm sorry, you can't build it, but your son will. It was all a consequence of David's sin and all of his bloodshed. The Lord revealed to Samuel, who was a child when he prophesied, about the future of Eli's family, and God did not let Samuel's words fall to the ground. Like their Old Testament prophets, the New Testament prophets also foretold the future. Agabus' prophecy about a coming famine and Paul's persecution happened just as he prophesied. The purpose of prophecy in the New Testament era is to edify or upbuild or strengthen the church. Prophecy is also useful in bringing unbelievers to faith. But if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. The practice of prophecy by all believers in the church was anticipated by Moses and by Joel. This does not mean all believers are prophets, so they prophesy regularly, but there is the potential to prophesy whenever a prophetic word is needed. Have you ever given a prophetic word that was confirmed by other members of the church family? Ever been a time when God spoke to you and you spoke out and somebody said, that's exactly what I was hearing from God, or that's what I was hearing in my prayer God was dealing with me about. Those are confirmations from our church family, our brothers and our sisters, that what God is speaking to us is true. The ultimate prophet, of course, was Jesus Christ. In some of his last words before his ascension, Jesus said, these are the words which I've spoken to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. One of those Prophecies, messianic prophecies, is found in Deuteronomy 18. Verse 15 The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren like unto me, unto him you shall hearken, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Oreb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken, I will raise them a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Now, people were still looking for this prophet in the first century. And some erroneously thought John the Baptist fulfilled the prophecy. But when Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children with little more than a lunchable, Some who observed the miracle said of a truth, a prophet has come into the world. They were right. His words were God's words. In what ways have you heard the voice of the Lord? Certainly in your devotion, certainly from the pulpit, but also have you ever heard the voice of the Lord through a prophet or by somebody who exercised the gift of prophecy to edify the church? Let's bring this home. Let's put this in our heart. It is not uncommon for believers to say they have heard from God. In fact, hopefully, all of us hear from God. And not many people claim to hear an audible voice from God, but some do. And some think it presumptuous to say, God has spoken to me. But the Bible, the scripture, is the story of God communicating with people. So as you look back over your life, can you recall at least one time you were sure you heard God's voice? If so, you're blessed. Because to be able to hear God's voice is a great blessing, but we should continue to listen for the voice of God to quiet ourselves to be still to turn off all other voices and all other turn down all other volumes and listen because God is speaking. He just needs his people to listen. I would like to pray and ask you to join with me that the Lord would speak to us and we would hear his voice and hear what he is saying to us so we could not only follow his written word, but also his spoken word, which always follows his written word. Lord Jesus, I pray I want you to speak to me. For all those who are listening, God, I pray you would speak. We want to hear exactly what you are saying. We want to hear the voice of God. We want to hear what you are telling us from the scripture. Where should we look in the scripture, God? What are you speaking to us from the scripture? And what are you speaking to us for our future? For every believer, every disciple, Everyone who wants to draw close to you and every church who wants to see revival in our day, I pray you would speak and give us very clear understanding and direction for what you are doing in our day. We give you praise and thanks, Lord. Use us, I pray, in the spiritual gifts and use us, Lord, to be sensitive to hear your voice in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in to God's Word for Life. I hope this podcast has been a help and blessing to you. Hopefully, this episode has helped you to understand a little bit more about what the Scripture speaks of when the Scripture speaks of prophets and prophecy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, this episode, please share it with somebody. And if you have not yet clicked on subscribe, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss one episode or one lesson, and you continue walking with us through God's Word for Life. Check out God's Word for Life. Faith getting ready to roll out. In fact, this coming week, we're going to roll out a brand new look, brand new curriculum, brand new lessons, brand new design. It's beautiful. It's excellent. It'll help you know God better and share Him better as you make disciples in your home and in your city. So check out God's Word for Life.Faith and enjoy this brand new curriculum. And speaking of this new curriculum, we are going to kick it off next week, September the 5th, 2021, with the Fall Quarter Lesson 1.1. And we're going to take it all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 to a lesson titled Purpose in Creation. We're going to behold the beauty and the wonder and the splendor of the creation of God. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that lesson with you and always looking forward to learning and living out God's Word for Life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast